Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see, today is uh, 14 July, Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I have, I don't know where this came from, it came in the mail, and it had no name on it, it had no tag in the envelope, but it came addressed to me, and I didn't order it, so I'm assuming somebody sent this to me. If you sent it, please let me know who you are. This is a, um, it's for loading mags. If you have like a 45 or a 9 millimeter, you know how hard it is yeah, to get yeah, the bullets yeah. in? This is a mag loader. I'm telling you, this is, this is really a needed thing. You put it on top of it and you just slide them in, okay? And it does the work for you. It punches it down. So whoever sent this mag loader to me for, I have a 9 millimeter, and it does not say Glock on here, but it does say 9 millimeter. So I'm sure it'll work. I didn't open it yet. I've been waiting for the prophecy update to uh, thank somebody or ask them to acknowledge that they bought this. And uh, great stuff. And if it works out, I'll let you know. You can go get your own mag loader and save your fingers from, you know, all kinds of toil and trouble. All right. Our uh, first category today is Israel and from the times of Israel. Anti-Semitic, you know, last week we talked about the anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York and how they'd gone through the sky. And I made a comment that it's because of the left. It's not because of Trump. Anti-Semitic hate crimes in California up 21% in 2018. So once again, it's a lefty village and uh, they are causing these problems because it's their ideology that leads to that. You know, you get Antifa. You know who Antifa is. That's yeah. the people that say we're anti-fascist when they are the fascists. That's the same ideology as the people in Germany before the war. They're all the same mentality and they're the ones that cause these type of things. But then they do what is called projection. Liberals, progressives, Antifa, they always project what their deficiency is, what they are doing, they say you're doing when in fact they're the guilty party. So, there you go. From Haaretz, not everyone believes the Holocaust happened, Florida high school principal says. Yeah, here in Florida. A high school principal in Boca Raton, Florida, told a parent that not everyone believes the Holocaust happened. When the parent asked the principal in an email to clarify his remarks, telling him that the Holocaust is a factual historical event, he doubled down saying, you have your thoughts, but we are a public school and not all of our parents have the same beliefs. Hey, well, buddy. does anybody, can anybody give me a one sentence evaluation of what truth is? Okay. Just, just one sentence. What is truth? Truth is, reality. truth is what corresponds to reality. If there was a Holocaust, then that is true. That's reality. And who was it? Eisenhower went in and he said, take films. Take a film of every single thing you see because in a few years, people are going to start denying that this happened. And that's why we have all these films of the Holocaust. And that's why they took all the German people from the local towns and walked them through these places to show them that they were participating in that. Whether And they knew they were. They just had shut it, shut it out of their heads. But anyway, um, he said that as a school district employee, he cannot take a position on the Holocaust. Okay. Yeah. He said he can't do it. So next article, Fox, Florida principal reassigned after he told parent he can't say the Holocaust is a factual historical event. 
That's like saying that Charlie Garrett wasn't born because I've never seen Charlie Garrett, even though there's plenty of information out there and there's YouTube videos and documents and a birth certificate down it. You know, there's a point where you say, I can't acknowledge that to the point of stupidity. And that's what people on the left do. So there you go. Jerusalem Post, he's out of his job. Thank goodness. Unfortunately, they did not fire him. They just reassigned him. So he's going to be, yeah, hopefully a janitor now. Uh, Jerusalem Post, Netanyahu, archaeology, DNA proved Fakistinians are not native to the land of Israel. Okay, now this is wonderful stuff, and once again, we have DNA which proves things. Now you can say, of course, the left is going to deny this, and the Fakistinians are going to deny this, but DNA is DNA. It's something that we use, and it's something that identifies things. Netanyahu tweeted that a new study of DNA recovered from an ancient Philistine site in the Israeli city of Ashkelon confirms what we know from the Bible, that the origin of the Philistines, okay, which is the Bible tells us where the Philistines came from. We know that they're not the people that are there. It says the origin of the Philistines is in southern Europe, quoting research released by the Leon Levy expedition to Ashkelon, which revealed that the ancient people most known for their biblical conflict with the Israelites were immigrants to the region in the 12th century BC, just as the Bible would infer anyway. The, uh, it doesn't explicitly say that, but you can infer it. For 30 years, we excavated at Ashkelon, uncovering Canaanites, early Philistines, and later Philistines. And now we can begin to understand the story that these bones tell, said Daniel M. Master, director of the Leon Levy expedition to Ashkelon, who headed the excavations. The team used state-of-the-art DNA technologies on ancient bone samples unearthed during the excavation from 1985 to 2016. So they've been at this for quite a while here. Analyzing for the first time genome-wide data retrieved from people who lived in Ashkelon during the Bronze and Iron Ages. The team found that a substantial proportion of their ancestry was derived from European population. This European-derived ancestry was introduced into Ashkelon around the time of the Philistines' estimated arrival in the 12th century BC. The Bible mentions a place called Kaftor, which is probably modern-day Crete. Netanyahu continued in a follow-up tweet, there's no connection between the ancient Philistines and the modern Fakistinians, whose ancestors came from the Arabian Peninsula to the land of Israel thousands of years later. So there you go. DNA tells us the story. We know it's true. And once again, the world will just cover their eyes and say it's not true, but it is. Yeah, fake news, fake news, fake DNA. Um, The article did say BCE. I changed it to BC. I'm sorry, I will not acknowledge BCE, which is their way of getting rid of before Christ and Anno Domini, which is the year of our Lord. Instead, they say uh, BCE, before the Common Era, and CE, Common Era. But regardless, it's still dated based on one person's life. Even if it says BCE and BC, it's still based on the birth of Christ, okay? But I refuse to use that, so I changed the article from BCE to BC. Don't send me an email. From the Times of Israel, Israeli court says terror victims can sue PA for hundreds of millions of dollars. In a potentially dramatic ruling, the Jerusalem District Court ruled that both the Fakistinian Authority and the Fakistinian Liberation Organization bear responsibility for 17 terror attacks carried out during the Second Intifada early last decade. That's when I was there, and it was 
kind of nice in the land, but still there were these people doing these things. The ruling opens the Fakistanian coffers to claims for damages from terror victims and their families that could amount to hundreds of millions of dollars in damages. The ruling proves the Intifada was not a popular uprising, but a planned and deliberate war against the civilian population of Israel. The second Intifada, or uprising, was a four-year wave of Fakistinian violence in 2000 to 2004. I was there in 2003 with my mom. That included over 130 suicide bombings targeting Israeli city centers and civilian life. The FA and the FLO were not state bodies that could claim immunity from damages claims. He also cited that the FLO's longtime policy of paying stipends to imprison terrorists and the families of the Fakistinians killed while carrying out attacks and said both the FA and the FLO had played a role in inciting them into attacking Israelis. The bodies carry responsibility for financial and practical support, as well as ideological encouragement for the attacks. The ruling covered attacks carried by groups allied with the FA and FLO, as well as by rival Hamas and Islamic Jihad. So they control the purse strings going into those areas, and now they can siphon off what belongs to the people that they went and targeted and killed. Okay? And that's just, to me, it's a sound and reasonable ruling. People come to America illegally, and they sue America for slipping on a bar of soap that was given to them to take a shower, yeah. right? And they sue us for millions of dollars. They sue us when a family member drowns in a river that they're not supposed to be crossing over. This kind of stuff here actually makes sense. So I'm totally and fully behind it. From Christian... What? FLO, yeah, the Fakistinian Liberation Organization. Once again, I changed it from P to F, but don't send me an email. Um, from Christian News Today, we have some good news. At the beginning or late last week, uh, John Holler, who came here to do a prophecy update, got um, cellulitis, which is a very, very painful and potentially lethal disease. It usually gets your legs, maybe in your arms. He got it on his face. And it was very bad. He had people praying for him all over the place. He still has some scar. He actually looked at the beginning of the week just like a person that had a Venice theater mask on. You know, you, you, you wear these funny-looking masks. And uh, so as he started to get better and got out of the hospital and realized he wasn't going to die, he posted, please let the memes and uh, whatever begin. And people were posting all of their ideas about him and his little disease on his face. Well, I took one of a Venice theater that actually matched the outline of his face, and I posted it there. So I will include that on the video. It was uh, uh, my little stab at him, and then he came back, and he, he had some really great retorts on us. I made the post, and let me see, what did he say? Um, uh, oh, I can't remember, but he was very good about thinking about how to take this this picture that I put on there and turn it around and now make it funny. So good job, John Holler. We do not need to pray for him anymore, except that it does not come back. He's still on antibiotics and we want to just keep him in prayer and thank the Lord that he's doing okay. Uh, from CBN today, church is not the building, it's the people. Does watching church online count? Nuns are people identifying themselves as having no religious affiliation. This mindset reflects the lifestyles of many millennials. Over 59% have already left the church. While there are various reasons for the decline in church attendance, there is a growing debate around viewing worship service online. 
Last week, the Christian Post published an article titled, Internet Preachers Rise as More Worshippers Migrate Online. And as the population of the unchurched continues to grow, some church experts say their data reflect a growing engagement among the faithful while ministries online, with some even choosing to fellowship exclusively on the internet. It is an issue that was recently discussed on the daytime talk show, The Real, not that I care about them and their opinion, but um, a host on the program pointed out that some churchgoers call watching church over the internet a cop-out, claiming it doesn't count. I agree that I think the fellowship is something you can only get at a church, Jeannie Mai added. I'm sure she's a real strong Christian anyway. But I also believe that dedicated time with God is what church is all about. Some of the ladies even promoted giving tithes and offerings online or via an app. I'm going to go through this really carefully. First, there is no such thing as tithing in the New Testament. That is not a New Testament principle. If you are told that you should tithe, that is incorrect, okay? People, if they will watch the tithing sermons I've done, they will understand that, okay? Tithing, even under the Old Testament, just so everybody knows this, even under the Old Testament was 10% every third year was to be given away, not 10% every year. Does everybody here understand that? Tithing was an Old Testament principle. It was a principle mandated under the law. Secondly, people immediately, when they find out that the tithing principles actually say every third year and not every year, they start coming up with a new terminology to keep their people giving 10%, which is called the law of first mention. Okay, The law of first mention says that anytime something is mentioned for the first time in the Bible, it becomes a precept that you are to adhere to all the way through the rest of the Bible. Okay, There's no such law. The Bible does not teach that. Okay, And the reason why they do that is because they know that tithing is once every third year Okay, under the law. And so they still want to milk the money out of the people. And so what do they do? They say, okay, then the law of first mention goes back to Melchizedek, where Abraham gave him 10%. And that was first mentioned there, which actually, uh, you know, they now say that that is proof of a tithe. There's no such thing as the law of first mention. Hang on. And because of that, if you were to have a law of first mention, every first mention before the coming of the law of Moses would have to be incorporated, such as giving your older daughter first, okay? If your son is married to a woman and he dies, then you're to take your second son and give that woman to him so that he can have a son in the first son's name, etc., etc. These are all things that predate the law of Moses. Every single precept, you go through it, and there's a lot of them, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. you would have to adhere to. And, of course, nobody ever would say, oh, you have to do those things. That, that's unreasonable. So there is no law first mentioned. So tithing is the first thing which is out, okay? But secondly, I will say that the superior word would not exist without an online church. We wouldn't. We're not big enough to support ourselves. I already have four part-time jobs, and I would have to work a full-time job, and we would be here with you know, poor sermons on Sunday instead of me researching all day on Monday and doing the sermons I do. So without a online church, we could not exist as we are now. And I want to let you know that I appreciate every single person that calls the superior word their church, and there are people all over the world that do. 
we've got people in Ireland and Germany, we've got people in Australia and Japan, and we've got people all over America and country. We've got uh, uh, one in, um, what is it, uh, uh, Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, okay? I haven't heard from her in a while, and I do have an article on Zimbabwe coming up, I think, today, but uh, we've got people in South Africa. We've got people, I'm going to miss a country, and somebody's going to say, why didn't you mention me? And so I'm trying to think of, anyway, the point is that all of these people attend this church because some of them don't even have a church in their hometown, or all they have is an Episcopal church, which teaches LGBT. So they have to come online, and I'm grateful that they come online to a church that preaches from the Bible. Okay, because there are a lot of churches you can go to online that have streaming services, and some of them are just like you're going to get, you know, downtown Sarasota where people have, you know, fun music and poor sermons. So I'm grateful for them. I'm very thankful for each person that attends online. It means a lot to me. And I will go further to say that although we've never asked anybody to ever help this church, we've asked to help other uh, missionaries, et cetera, around the world, we've never asked for somebody to help this church, and yet people both in the church and online have willingly helped out this church. And without that, we would not be open. But they have kept us open, and I'm grateful for every person that has helped this church. I disagree with these people that say it's a cop-out. This is their lifeline to the Bible, okay? Whatever church you attend streaming online, you should attend streaming online if you are not going physically. That's all there is to it. You need to be in church and you need to fellowship. And we have right now people on YouTube and people on Facebook that are communicating with each other while they're here. They're talking to each other. They're praying for each other. They're greeting each other as somebody signs on. They all know each other. Hey, good to see you again today. You know, Lord bless you. And they talk to each other. I don't get to see these things, but they are there doing this. This is their family. All right. And if they need a prayer request, they email me and I bring it up. If they want it online, I will do that. So thank you for the online church. And we'll go on from there. From the Christian Post, Church of England says, here's why people attend online coming from England, for example. Church of England says it will recognize marriages of transgender worshipers. Well, let's see. I'm going to go to the Church of England and sit next to somebody that's obviously crazy, or I'm going to attend online and I'm going to get Bible doctrine. I'm going to get somebody that is giving me a prophecy update, and I'm going to fellowship with people in Sarasota, Florida. Which one am I going to do? The marriage of worshipers who transition to a different gender will still be valid, the Church of England has said. The position extends only to worshipers who were in an opposite sex, meaning male and female relationship at the time of their marriage. It clarified, given that the Church of England's teachings about marriage is that it is a lifelong and exclusive union between one man and one woman, if one person in a couple undergoes gender transition, has consideration been given as to whether they are still married according to the teaching of the Church of England? The written reply from the Bishop of Newcastle says, when a couple marry in church, they promise before God to be faithful to each other for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. Come what may, although we preach compassion, if they find this too much to bear. Secondly, never in the history of the church has divorce been actively recommended as the way to resolve a problem. In the light of these two points, if a couple wish to remain married after one partner's transition, meaning they're now both males or both females or whatever, who are we to put them asunder, they ask. I would like you to know that this confuses the issue of marriage with the issue of church membership. And they're two totally separate things, which they have combined into one. I'm going to read you something from 1 Corinthians chapter 5, just so you understand. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, which we just completed a couple months ago in our 1 Corinthians Bible study. So it's fresh on everybody that attends that 
on Lyne's mind. But it says, um, let's see here. We'll just start right here. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. That's what's happening here in the Church of England, okay? And such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. Well, now we can add in that a man has a man as his wife who was his wife as a woman, right? I mean, anyway, I'm not trying to add to the Word of God. I'm saying that this is a precept, okay, that we should consider. And you were puffed up. And have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from you? For I indeed, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan." for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That's assuming these people are saved at all. If they're saved, get them out of the church. Expel the man, Paul says. Get them out. Deliver them to Satan. Expel them from the church. They have made a confusion of issues with this. And by doing that, they've allowed people to stay in the church that should not be in the church. And there's one reason why they would do this. Actually, two. The first one is declining membership, and the second one bears right along with that loss of revenue. When you lose members, you lose revenue. So let's just let all these crazy people stay in the church that should not be in the church so that we can have big numbers and we can have incoming revenue. All right? From the Daily Caller. Official Lutheran Church practices goddess worship, shamanic journeying, crystals, and a sacred dance to Ishtar. Yeah, church holding membership in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the largest Lutheran denomination in the country, worships God almost exclusively as a woman. Category mistake. God is not a male or a female, but he has done something in the Bible. He is mandated that we refer to him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the masculine. God is Father. Both Old Testament knew God is Father, okay? Not speaking of God the Father, we're speaking of God as Father, okay? And then we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all within God the Father, okay? Not God the Father, Father God, okay? Anyway, make sure that you understand that. There is a Godhead referred to in the masculine, okay? Anytime you start deviating from that precept, you are deviating from the precept of the Bible. You are trying to make God in your image, not how God has revealed himself. Man is made in God's image, not the other way around. So, uh, the church, Ebenezer Lutheran in San Francisco, also participates in rituals to honor ancient goddesses, calling their Sunday service the Liturgy of the Divine Feminine. The church uses crystals, animal masks, reiki, healing, kundali yoga, and goddess idol making in their liturgies and events. The church uses names like the womb, Kundali, Sophia, and midwife to worship God, according to their website. The ELCA confirmed that the Ebenezer Lutheran is an official member of their church. The ELCA has no authority to discipline congregations. The process starts at the synod level. So they just punt the ball and say, we can't do anything about it, and so we'll just let them go on with this perversion. Ebenezer Lutheran is led by Pastor Stacy Bourne, there's your first error right there, who has been an ordained Lutheran pastor for 29 years. Once again, there's your error. She is sometimes known as the priestess of ritual to the congregation. 
Pastor Bourne says her congregation worships God as a woman because there will never be full equality or justice for women as long as the religions of the world continue to personify the holy other, meaning God, exclusively or evenly as male. So let's just take what the Bible says about this particular issue and throw it out and create God in our own image. Okay, in February, Ebenezer Lutheran Church held a Sunday liturgy that seemed to worship Inanna, also known as Ishtar, a Mesopotamian goddess. We honor and celebrate Sister Wisdom, who comes to guide us, and Inanna, the church said, to advise the liturgy. So there you go. Crazy people doing crazy things. If you want to attend online, don't attend online with them. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, let's see here. Um, from Linda Sarsour at Idiot. Okay, you know, you have your, uh, here's what she said this week. Jesus was Palestinian of Nazareth and is described in the Quran as being brown, copper skinned with woolly hair. And so Yair Netanyahu, who is Netanyahu, uh, Bibi's son, Yair Netanyahu at Yair Netanyahu says, are you that stupid? On the cross above Jesus' head. Now, this is a Jew that is saying this. On the cross above Jesus' head was the sign Inri, Isus Nazarenus Rex Iudeorum, which means in Latin, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The Bible says that Jesus was born and raised in Judea. So this guy is a Jew, but he's still defending New Testament Christianity, which comes way before Islam, 600 years before Islam, to this numbskull, Linda Sarsour. So good job. Islam today, from the times of Israel. U.S. House members talk restoring aid to the Fakistinians with Israeli Fakistinian officials. So we got people from Congress going over there and saying, we're going we're gonna to get your aid restored, which Trump cut. A bipartisan delegation, probably one Republican would be my guess. I don't know that, but I, you know, anyway, a bipartisan delegation of U.S. House members visited Israel and the West Bank this week, meeting with the Palestinian Authority officials about legislative efforts to restore American aid to the Palestinians that Trump admin slashed. Well, they've got to get that passed through the Congress, and then they've got to get it through the Senate, and then after that, Trump will veto it. So it ain't going to happen, but they're over there getting a free trip to Israel at our expense talking nonsense. These people are using that money to pay stipends to people that are killing Jews and even American Jews. So it ain't going to happen, but that's what your taxpayer was spent on this week. Right. Taxpayer money was spent on this week. From the Jerusalem Post, Iran ratchets up tensions with higher enrichment and draws warnings. Iran announced it will shortly boost its uranium enrichment above a cap set by a landmark 2015 nuclear deal, a major breach likely to draw a tougher reaction from President Trump, who has pressured Tehran to renegotiate the pact. In a sign of heightening tensions, France, Germany, and Britain, all parties to the deal, expressed concerns over the step taken by Tehran. Its latest effort to force the West to lift sanctions, ravaging its limping economy, which is thanks to President Trump. In a live news conference, senior Iranian officials threatened further violations. So now they are in violation of this treaty and they're, they're threatening more violations, saying Tehran would keep reducing its commitments every 60 days until European signatories protect it from U.S. sanctions imposed by Trump. We are fully prepared to enrich uranium at any level and at any amount. From the Times of Israel, European powers demand that Iran stop immediately and they're going to start sanctions right now. 
No, it doesn't say that. European powers call on Iran to halt nuclear deal breach, but balk at sanctions. European powers urged Iran to stick to its nuclear commitments after Tehran announced it would ramp up uranium enrichment levels, but stopped short of threatening to reimpose sanctions lifted under the 2015 nuclear deal. Germany, the UK, and the EU urged Iran to walk back its intentions to begin enriching uranium to higher levels than allowed under the JCPOA. While France said new sanctions were not on the table, despite a call from Prime Minister Netanyahu to swiftly reimpose the measures. While the UK remains fully committed to the deal, Iran must immediately stop and reverse all activities inconsistent with its obligations. The British Foreign Office said, adding that it was coordinating response with other nations. Germany said it was extremely concerned about Iran's announcement, but it was waiting for further information from the IAEA, which means they're going to do nothing and they're going to demand nothing and they're going to continue to increase their enrichment until Israel must go in and take action. Exactly what they did in the 80s with Iraq, that's what's going to happen here if something doesn't change quickly. All right, we're just going to keep pecking away at this treaty until we get to a point where it has to be dealt with. From Al Mustar, and then what'll happen? They'll blame, They'll blame Israel. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Al Mustar News. Libyan official accuses Turkey of transferring foreign terrorists to Libya. A Libyan official told the Arabic language version of Russia's Sputnik News agency that Turkey is transferring terrorists to Libya to fight the Benghazi-based LNA. Libyan parliamentarian Ali al-Saidi al-Qaidi said that Turkey had been sending terrorists to Libya for quite some time now. This is Turkey sending terrorists to Libya, highlighting the fact that these militants only attack the LNA. The transfer of terrorists is not new. This is a long story. Many terrorists come from Turkey through Tripoli and Misrata to fight the LNA in Tripoli and obstruct its advance into the center of the Libyan capital of Tripoli. These groups are now fighting the LNA under the protection of the civil state. In regards to Russia, Al-Qaeda considered that the Russian position on the crisis is clear and confirms the fight against terrorism in Libya. So they're fighting terrorism. That's the Russian position. No, what Russia is doing is they're helping out the LNA. They're helping out the power up in Tripoli, these two powers that are fighting each other. And whoever wins, Russia wins. It doesn't make any difference. In response to a question by Sputnik on the possibility of a ceasefire in Tripoli and the return to peace talks among the Libyan parties, Al-Qaeda said the issue of sitting at the negotiating table This is political, and the army is fully aware that there is no dialogue amid the presence of armed terrorist groups. So they've got all these terrorist groups. We're not going to have any armed dialogue as long as they're out there shooting at each other, et cetera, et cetera. So there is going to eventually be a victor in this civil war that's going on. And either way, Russia prevails. Turkey is helping one, but guess what? It doesn't make any difference because if they get beaten, then Turkey is still aligned with Russia. The pact and the scenario which the Bible says is coming is coming right before our eyes. And we got Putin up there sitting there just watching and enjoying every minute of this. Because why is this happening? Because our previous president allowed this chaos to happen in Libya. That is why this is happening. It was all set up by him, probably in coordination with Putin. And they're blaming the, once again, liberal projection, liberal projection. It's all them. That's right. I'll have more flexibility in my second term is what he said. Mail online. 
Tunisia. Now, why can't they do this in other countries in Europe? Because this is like the 10th country in the uh, Middle East that has done this. Tunisia bans the niqab veil in public institutions and government buildings. You got all these Muslim nations that are banning the veil so they can tell who people are, but the Europeans are too scared to do it except a couple small nations. For security reasons, they say, people wearing the face covering will be banned from government buildings. The Tunisian prime minister's office said the move was for security reasons. So there you go. It's obvious if you can't see somebody's face, you do not have security. Zero hedge. Done deal. Russian S-400s begin arriving in Turkey. We said last week that it was coming this week, and it has come this week. Russian and Turkish state sources confirmed Wednesday that deliveries of the S-400 anti-aircraft missile systems are now underway. They're starting to arrive there in Turkey, with parts for the advanced Russian systems already having arrived in Turkey via transport planes with a team of Russian specialists, reportedly in the eastern Anatolian city of Malatya, I guess is how you pronounce that, as well as the capital of Ankara. Exactly what you would figure is going to happen, happened, and now we're going to have to see what the reaction is with NATO and with the countries that are aligned with Turkey. How are things going to start dividing up? This will be a, a key point in that. From Mongolia News Today, Airport Tech says, Mitsubishi takes part in Mongolian Airport Project. The Nubia joint venture has been established by Mitsubishi, Narita International Airport, Japan Airport Terminal Company, and Jellux. I will tell you that Narita International Airport, that's the one you fly into in Tokyo. I was there in the 80s, and I believe it's still this way today. I wouldn't have them as a part of this because they can't even handle their own airport. In Japan, they have no law of eminent domain. The government cannot come in and take somebody's property. But what they did back uh, when they wanted to have Narita Airport is they wanted to buy all this property and they wanted to build an airport, right? But they can't go eminent domain, so they made a front company, just like the CIA does and goes and buys stuff. Well, they had a front company and they went and they paid exorbitant prices for all this land to buy Narita Airport. And guess what one person did? He said, I ain't selling it. I'm not going to do it. And so that guy, when I was there in the 80s, his rice farm is right there in the middle of Narita Airport. And he has unlimited access out of that and into that airport. If he wants to go shopping in downtown Tokyo, he gets in his car, a buzzer alarms, and all plane traffic stops. Nobody can take off, nobody can land. And he, a little gate goes down. Yeah, and he drives out, and, or I'm sorry, it goes up, and then he drives out, and then the gate goes up again, right? And this is the way it is in Japan. I wouldn't have them on any airport thing, but that's kind of interesting is that it's, I, I believe, I saw something on it a, a couple years ago and he was still there. I believe that the family is still there even now here in the 2019, but very interesting how Japan is run. No law of eminent domain. Okay, the Nubia joint venture, uh, it's a 15-year concession agreement has been signed for the operation of the new airport, which will be situated about 50 kilometers south of Ulaanbaatar. The new location of the airport allows aircraft to take off and land from both ends of the runway. Mitsubishi said this is a drawback for the existing airport, where only one end of the runway is utilized and flight schedules are also impacted by weather conditions, like wind direction. The new airport is anticipated to fly in the first half of 2020, coming soon to an airport near you. It has uh, been seen as a symbol of bilateral cooperation between Japan and Mongolia. From Daniel 12 Technology Today, I call this IC, E-Y-E-C, IC. From Deadline, Comcast, I didn't know about this. This is very cool, and I thought maybe there's somebody that needs to know this that isn't aware of it. 
Comcast launches eye control for the TV, an aid for physically disabled viewers. If you're physically disabled and you can't use a remote, you can now use your eyes to do this. Comcast has launched a feature enabling viewers with physical disabilities like spinal cord injuries or ALS the ability to navigate their television using only their eyes. Xfinity X1 Eye Control is a web-based remote for tablets and computers that pairs with an existing eye gaze system and allows viewers with a single glance to change the channel, access the DVR, or search for programs. The free service addresses a sizable population of TV viewers. It, you add in couch potatoes that are too lazy to do this and you probably got a huge proportion of people. Anyway, um, According to Comcast, more than 48 million people in the United States have physical or mobility disabilities. And every day, about 15 people are newly diagnosed with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. X1 Eye Control uses a web page remote control that works seamlessly with existing eye gaze hardware and software. Sip and puff switches, which the little switches use with your mouth to do things, okay, and other assistive technologies. After customers pair the web-based remote with their set-top box, each time they gaze at a button, the web-based remote sends the corresponding command to the television. Now, did anybody here know of that? No. Okay, I'm glad then. I don't like to put articles in here that people know about, okay? But I thought, I hadn't heard of this, and if nobody in here is, then that means that the large percentage of the people out there haven't heard it. And somebody may have somebody in their family that needs that service. So there you go. Mail online. Smart glasses that automatically focus on what you are looking at by tracking your eye give new hope to people with blurry vision. Your glass will actually focus for you. Researchers have developed a prototype pair of smart glasses called autofocals. They have sensed cameras and eye tracking technology to keep objects in sharp focus. The most common vision problem the researchers aim to deal with is press. Biopia, I guess is how you pronounce that. This is a common form of age-induced farsightedness where the lenses in the eyes become stiff. Okay, we don't have any old people in this church, so it won't help any of us, but we do have one that's getting older. He's had his birthday here today, so. But other than that, we're all very young, so that doesn't affect us at all. From Revelation Plagues today, CBS Minnesota. Hailstorm destroys thousands of acres of crops. We already have water damage all across the United States of America. Now we have a hailstorm which has destroyed thousands of acres. Thousands of acres of corn and soybeans have been destroyed by a hailstorm that moved throughout southwest Minnesota, and in some cases, it's too late in the season for farmers to replant. Agronomist Steve Michaels at Crystal Valley Co-op in LaSalle says dozens of farmers he works with sustained losses. George Sill, who farms near Madalia, says he lost 150 acres of soybeans and 90 acres of corn with another 200 acres damaged to varying degrees. Sill says that for the crops that were destroyed, you couldn't even tell that he had planted. Sounds just like the Bible and the plagues there, right? It's all just wasted. From the, you know, you wonder why this is happening. We're getting prepared for the end times. I'm, I'm not a speculator here. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to tell you, we are getting prepared for the end times. No doubt about it. From the AP, river flooding in Tennessee ruins cotton and soybean crops. So we have on this side of the nation as well. Officials say that 175,000 acres of farmland are now underwater in the worst time of the year. Mayor Maurice Gaines Jr. says early July flooding means farmers won't be able to replant in time for the fall harvest, ruining countless numbers of crops. 
The mis- has anybody heard this reported or the last one? None of you. Okay. The mainstream news is too worried about things that are not happening down on the border or things that are irrelevant to the world, and they're ignoring these things, which are very important in what's going on in our country and for our food supply. Because I will tell you this, if we need food in this country, we are going to be fed. And then if our military needs to be fed, they will be fed. But the rest of the world that we send food to isn't going to be getting our food. You start sending out our food out of this country when we have it and we don't get it, you will have a civil war. Okay? So this is going to affect people all over the world if this gets worse. It's already very bad. We'll go on. Let's see here. Countless number of crops have been ruined. The Mississippi River was cresting at 35 feet near Ripley. Flood stage is 28, so they're seven feet above flood stage. It's been devastating, Gaines said Tuesday. These waters couldn't have come at a more inopportune time. Most of the farmers have all their fields planted. In February, flooding along the Mississippi, Tennessee, and other rivers in the South caused billions of dollars in damage to homes, businesses, and farmland. In the late June, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee announced that the U.S. Small Business Administration disaster loans were available to residents and businesses affected by the February flooding in 19 counties. Heavy rains caused catastrophic flooding along the Arkansas River in Oklahoma and Arkansas this spring. Trouble is now being seen farther south along the Mississippi River. Bad stuff. Morality today. I'm going to do what I did last week because I still had another 20 or so articles that need to be put out that were just old and didn't fit in with the uh, week's news. So I'm just going to give you the titles like I did last week. New York Times, could prostitution be next uh, decriminalized in New York? The answer is yes, it's going to be. That was the question, but it's going to happen. Mail online, sex changes on the taxpayer. ABC considers giving transgender staff paid leave after reassignment surgery. So, ABC. Fox News, New York passes bill outlawing declawing cats, promoting pro-life outcry on state's liberal abortion practices. You can abort up to the very last day without any consequences at all, but you cannot declaw your kitty cat. Okay, I'm not a fan of kitty cats anyway. I'm a dog person myself. So anyway, but the uh, the point is made here. You can't harm a little animal, okay? But you can kill all the babies you want. From Mail Online, Alabama legislature passes bill requiring child sex offenders to undergo chemical castration before being released. Good good law, I think. If the bill becomes law, Alabama would be the ninth state in the union to permit courts to order chemical castration of convicted child sex offenders. That ought to happen across the whole country. LifeSite, another study confirms porn functions like a drug, and it's destroying teens. Okay? SCBS, report, Medicaid paid for New York sex offenders erectile dysfunction drugs. Yes, Medicaid paid for their drugs. New York's publicly funded Medicaid program paid more than $63,000 for ED drugs and other sexual treatments for 47 sex offenders, despite banning such expenses. 47 people, $63,000 for people that are, by law, not allowed to have those drugs. USA Today. Oakland and California decriminalizes magic mushrooms and peyote. <laughs> Health News Digest. Opioid epidemic increases number of organs available for transplant. You think anybody's going to do anything about that? They got organs going out. They can make thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
The researchers also identified a significant increase in the percentage of transplants that utilized ODD hearts, 1.1% in 2000, 6% in 2012, 14.2% in 2017. The current rate of ODD utilized for heart transplantation is 16.9%. In 19 years, it's gone from 1% to 16.9%, a 14-fold increase from 2000. Sounds like an agenda to me. Tea Party. What California schools are having 10 and 11-year-olds do with condoms is beyond disgusting. I don't want... Go read the article. I can tell you that it is... It's unbelievable what they're having little kids do with condoms. Little children. 10 and 11-year-olds. I won't read the... Like I said, I'm not going to tell you what it says, but it's just... they're What? California. Yeah, California. From the Christian Post, Disney introduces its first boy princess on a show that also featured first gay kisses. Oh, my God. Oh, let's be the first to put out the pervert, you know, stuff. From Daily Caller, Teen Vogue writer explains how to get an abortion without parental consent. Right there in Teen Vogue. If your kid is reading Teen Vogue, they're being told how to do this. Daily Caller, parents start petition over new transgender policy in their public school system. But the website then shuts them down. You can't even protest anything anymore if they disagree with your protest. Just shut you down. From World News, dying to donate. The idea of carrying out euthanasia by placing donors under general anesthesia and then surgically removing their vital organs while they are still alive is gaining frightening traction. E. Wesley Eli, a pulmonary and critical care physician, wrote in an op-ed for the May 2 issue of USA Today. Eli said he attended international medical conferences in the past two years in which discussions among hundreds of physicians about organ donation ethics unexpectedly turned to conversations about death by donation. In other words, they leave you alive, they take out your organs because they're fresher and you get more money for them, and you die because you don't have an organ in your body. That is terrible stuff there. I'm telling you, this world has gone completely, completely insane. From CBS, abortion laws are bad for business, nearly 200 CEOs say. So it all comes down to money with them. Doesn't matter the moral implications, all that matters is it's bad for business. From Christian News, another reason to not drink Budweiser. Budweiser UK celebrates asexual, gray asexual, and demisexual pride in observance of Pride Month. Budweiser UK has released nine cups, woo, get them today, kids, to celebrate various stated forms of sexuality or gender identity, including a cup that recognizes asexual, gray asexual, and demisexual pride. Whatever those are, I don't want to know. Budweiser's a French cup. It's a French company? Yeah, I didn't so know that. I had no idea about that. Budweiser is not an American company. He says it's a French company, which doesn't surprise me now that I know that. From our other category, Mail Online. Six people are killed and 66 are injured in shootings over the July 4th holidays in Chicago. Yes, very good. Cops confiscate 199 guns and arrest 84 during four days of bloodshed. Wait! How could they have confiscated 199 guns? They have laws that say you can't have guns there. How could that be? I don't understand. I don't understand that article at all. How could they have confiscated guns when they're illegal? Zero hedge. Mexico deports 33% more migrants after deal to avoid Trump tariffs. 
Deportations in Mexico jumped by 33% in one month after the country agreed to take unprecedented steps to stop migrants from reaching the U.S. and avoid tariffs threatened by President Trump. Total deportations from Mexico in June were 21,912 versus 16,507 in May. The spike in deportations comes weeks after Mexico announced the deployment of 15,000 National Guard troops to the U.S.-Mexico border, 6,000 troops to their southern border, and froze the bank accounts of 26 human traffickers with probable links with human trafficking and illegal aid to migrant caravans. The Mexican government also announced that it had seen the first group of 66 deportees to their home countries under a new voluntary return program after Guatemalan, Honduran, and Salvadorian migrants asked to be repatriated. Ooh. Meanwhile, according to leaked preliminary figures from U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Apprehensions at the border dropped nearly 35% in June, as well to 87,000, down sharply from 132,887 in May. Roughly 7,000 of the apprehensions were unaccompanied minors, 52,000 were family units, and 28,000, roughly one-third, were single adults, according to the report. So there you go. Good news from President Trump's working on this issue. And guess what? I read this morning. I may include it next week. I'm not going to be able to remember the whole article, but they have now got an agreement down in Guatemala as a third country to send people to so that they no longer can even come here and claim uh, they are now a third country that, uh, you know, when they come here, they claim asylum. Thank you. They now are going to use Guatemala as an asylum country, so they can't make any claim in the U.S. at all. It is ingenious. This guy is thinking outside the box, and he's keeping those people from even getting to where they can come in here. It's not that we don't want immigrants. People say that. They say that we're anti-immigrant. Listen, i got a friend that's trying to get to America right now, and he's going through the process, and it's going to take him, just found out, 13 to 19 months, okay? And he's already been doing this for two years. But this is something that is wrong it is illegal and they are we have people in congress right now telling people in america that are illegal how to get out of being arrested they ought to be charged with treason and there is one one particular uh what is it uh, what for treason uh, one uh, what do you call it um uh penalty thank you i'm looking for the word penalty for treason what is that Dang. there you go death i'm telling you these people deserve if they are going to be treasonous in the country, the government of this country, this is terrible what's going on. There is no law at all coming from the left. None. Anyway, let's go on. Mail online. Registered voters give Trump all-time high approval rating of 47% in historically lukewarm poll that now shows him more popular than he was on Election Day. ABC News, Washington Post poll shows Trump with 47% approval among registered voters, a high for that particular poll. This was a 5% jump from April. The level of support among registered voters is more than what Trump earned in 2016 when he won the presidential elections. You know what? When you make a promise and you keep your promise, people seem to appreciate that, don't they? He's doing the very best he can, and the things he can't do are not because he's unwilling to do them, it's because he's being hamstrung by the courts. Everything that he said he was going to do is either done or it has been put into motion, but the courts have stopped him. Everything. From Zero Hedge. Zimbabwe, here it is, Zimbabwe. If my friend Shaney watches these updates and can, let me know you're okay, because I haven't heard from her in a while. Zimbabwe stops issuing passports as cash shortage hits crisis levels. 
Zimbabweans have been struggling with shortages of cash, fuel, and electricity for months. And now the country's everything shortage is impacting the hopes and dreams of any Zimbabwean who still harbors hopes of leaving Zimbabwe. That's right, Zimbabwe's government is so broke, the company that prints its passports is refusing to supply any new booklets until the government is taking care of its debts. And it's not only passports that are in short supply. The government is also running out of the cheap plastic it uses to print ID cards. They can't even print national ID cards anymore. An official at the passport office said the situation is dire and passports were only being used for emergencies. Identity cards are also hard to come by. Metal cards were replaced with the plastic ones, but now plastic is in short supply. No need to panic, though. The government has the admittedly dire situation under control. Home Affairs Minister Kane Matima told the state-run Herald newspaper recently that things will improve and that the government was working on it. National ID. They are racist because they have national ID cards. Absolutely. That's terrible over there. Weasel Zippers says NBC digs up news that Mitch McConnell's great great grandfathers own slaves. His response, which I posted on Facebook, you know, I found myself once again in the same position as President Obama. We both oppose reparations and we both are descendants of slave owners. I love Mitch McConnell. He's getting better by the year. He just is jabbing them just left and right. Good job. Okay, I got a Lesrick here for you. Actually, this is two Lesricks. I had room today, and it is uh, both Les did one and Kathy did one, and they kind of fit together, so I'll go ahead and read them both to you. You can see if you can figure out which uh, article we've been talking about today. There are those that think church is absurd. They prefer the superior word. If you want to have fun, you should not be a nun. You should fellowship with a real herd. Superior word is online. Does that count? Is it really as fine as meeting with bros or with sisters? Who knows? The word says, don't forsake the gathering time. Good job, guys. Wonderful stuff. All right, and I got an irony of the week here. Oh, wait, before we do that, I need help. Come here, Jay. Come here. Come here. I need your help. Come here. Come here. You got to stand inside this box right here so you can see. Who is it? Hey, 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 it's you. Oh. Now, bend down. Okay. This is Jay. It's Jay's birthday today, and I said to Linda, who uh, ratted on him, that I would embarrass him. So we're going to okay. embarrass Jay right now. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jay. Happy birthday to you. Go sit down. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jay. All right. Let's see here. We got an irony of the week here for you. This is called... It's a stick-up, okay? Two of them. Mail online, it's a stick-up. Robber holds up two Israeli banks armed with an avocado. Oh. He went in and said that it was a grenade and he was going to blow them up. Oh, yes, it's a stick-up. And then from mail online, thief demands pastor prays for him ahead of pending court in South Africa. And then he robs the church. Oh, it's a stick-up. Yeah. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida, to Ula and Pitar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.